Chapter 16 of Mystery of the Caribbean Pearls by Andy Adams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 A Magic Alarm. Biff watched his uncle struggle to break free of the Indian's crushing grasp. He saw the tendons in his uncle's neck grow taut and stand out as Charlie Keene heaved his shoulders with every bit of his strength. It was as if his uncle were trying to break loose from iron bands. Crunch, crunch, Biff shouted. Let him go, let him go. The Indian only shook his head. Biff strained at the iron bars, furious that he was unable to go to his uncle's aid. I'm your friend, Crunch. So is that man. He's my uncle. Let him go. Crunch ignored Biff. Charlie's face was turning red. The powerful crunch was actually trying to crush his smaller opponent. Biff knew he had to do something and do it fast. But what? Biff realised that if he were to keep his uncle from having some ribs cracked, it would have to be brains against brawn. Maybe Biff could play on the Indian superstition. Crunch, he shouted again. If you don't let him go, I'll make more magic, bad magic. At first the words had no effect on Crunch, but after a few moments Biff's threat seemed to sink in. Crunch released some of his pressure, but still held Charlie Keene firmly. If you don't let him go, I'll make the magic that takes me out of this house, Biff threatened. Crunch was listening now. I'll disappear, Crunch. Watch. Biff moved away from the doorway. He went to the window to the right of the door. He stayed below the opening so Crunch couldn't see him. Where am I, Crunch? Biff called out. You think I'm at this window, don't you? You hear my voice at this window. But I'm not here. Only my voices. My body is at the other window. Biff leapt across the small room at his last word and sprang into view at the window to the left of the door. As he looked out, Crunch was still watching the other window. Biff banged the bars of the window, being careful not to speak. Crunch swung his head around. The sight of Biff startled him. Biff ducked down. He cupped his hands and held them to his mouth. Turning his head in the direction of the other window, he called in a low voice, But my voice is still where you first heard it. Biff raised his head slowly. The simple trick was working. Crunch had turned to the other window. Now my voice and body are back together again, Crunch. The startled expression on Crunch's face showed the giant Indian's confusion. He was becoming frightened. If only I had a clincher, Biff thought, something that would really impress Crunch. Biff's eyes lit on the alarm clock. An idea popped into his head. I'm going to disappear, Crunch, he called, but I'll return, and if I return you will have to release that man. Biff ducked down. He grabbed the alarm clock and raced into the back room, careful to keep out of sight. Biff was counting on the Indians actually believing he had disappeared to get enough time to put his new idea into effect. Quickly, Biff reset the alarm. He set it to go off in three minutes. He put the alarm lever at on. Then he went to a side window and tossed the alarm clock out. He saw it land in the soft sand and prayed the fool hadn't damaged the clock. Biff hurried back to the front room. He got down on his hands and knees and crawled to the door. It was a huge door. The bottom half was of heavy, thick timbers. 
The upper half was open with five-inch thick iron bars. Slowly Biff raised his head until it was just above the solid half of the door. From the outside his head looked as if it were detached from his body. Crunch, Biff said the name softly. Crunch, fright showing in his eyes, looked from one window to the other. Crunch, Biff called softly again. I'm down here now. My head is. Crunch looked at the door. His eyes widened, showing white. Crunch was becoming terrified. I give you a minute, Crunch. Just one minute. Then, if you don't release my uncle, evil spirits will surround you and this house. They will ring bells. I hope, I hope, Biff said to himself. Crunch still held on to Charles Keene, but his grip was nowhere near as strong as it had been. Biff waited. In his anxiety, his palms were sweating. Crunch, Biff said again. I've warned you. Let him go. At these words, the alarm clock went off. Enough, Crunch yelled. He let go of Charlie, turned and fled. Charles Keene shook himself. He pressed his ribs with his hands. No bones broken, but wow, is that guy ever strong? He could have crushed me, Biff. That was sure quick thinking on your part. Charlie walked over to the door. If I'd known how powerful that man is, he added, I never would have let you get yourself captured. Biff smiled. Crunch isn't as bad as he seems, Uncle Charlie. He's really a very gentle man. Gentle? You've never been given a Crunch bear hug. I mean, he's a simple soul. He's superstitious. He really thinks I can magic myself out of this place. He thinks that's how Derek got out the first time. He doesn't know, of course, that it was I, not Derek, he saw outside. And speaking of getting outside, just how are we going to get you out of this place, Uncle Charlie demanded. Crunch has the key, Biff said, and you scared him so badly he'll never come back. Let me take a look at this lock. Charlie examines the lock carefully. It's no good, Biff. It's too strong to force. I can't open this lock. You're just going to have to magic your way out. Or get Crunch to come back and let me out. Think you can, Biff? I doubt it. I can try, Biff replied. Crunch and I were getting to be good friends. He's not a bad guy. Dietz has a hold on him and forces him to do his dirty work. I'm going to call him. Crunch, Biff sang out. No answer. Crunch, can you hear me? If you can, listen carefully. I've sent the evil spirits away. They won't harm you. They have stopped their noises. The alarm clock had run down. I'm still locked in, Crunch. I promised you I wouldn't use my magic to get out. I've kept my promise. Come back and see. If this works, Biff, Uncle Charlie said in a low voice, then you've really got that giant under your thumb. Biff and his uncle waited. No sign of crunch, no sound. It'll be night soon, Biff. He'll never come back in the dark. I know that. I'm going to try again. Crunch! Night is coming on. My magic works better in the dark. If you don't come back before it's dark, then I'll have to break my promise and magic my way out. That ought to do it if anything will, Biff, Charlie said. They waited. Both looked toward the east. Already the horizon was beginning to darken. Minutes passed. It would be totally dark in another minute. 
Crunch, come back. The deep voice came from the shadows. Charlie Keene swung round. Ten feet away at the edge of the sand apron, extending from the undergrowth to the house, stood Crunch. Let me do the talking, Uncle Charlie, Biff said in a low voice. You bet I will, Biff. You know how to handle that giant. Come here, Crunch, Biff said gently. The Indian approached cautiously, his head pivoted from one direction to the other. Crunch was looking for the evil spirits. I have kept my promise, Crunch. I have not made the magic that would take me out of here. Crunch didn't speak. I want you to let this man in here with me. I want to show you that we are your friends. Crunch was at the door. His hand pulled out the large key to the lock. Uncle Charlie, Crunch is going to let you come in with me. Then he will go back to the house for food for all of us. But Biff, Charlie protested, if I get locked in there with you. It'll be all right, Uncle Charlie. Crunch is our friend. We are his friends. Please let me handle this my way. Charles Keene shrugged his shoulders. OK, Biff. Crunch turned the key in the lock. He swung the door open. Charlie Keene entered, and Crunch closed and locked the door. Without another word, he disappeared in the darkness on the way to the big house. Biff, if I didn't know you so well, I'd say you'd gone a little soft in the head. Charlie Keene shook his own head. Now we are both locked in. Biff was lighting a candle. In the glow of its light, Uncle Charlie could see a big smile spread over his nephew's face. You think so, Uncle Charlie? Watch this. Biff went to the door. He knelt down, holding the candle's flame at the keyhole. He placed his thumb and forefinger carefully at the keyhole opening and grasped a small wire. This ought to work. I inserted this piece of wire in the lock's catch. If it wasn't dislodged when Crunch just now opened the door, then I should be able to spring the catch with this wire. Hold your breath, Uncle Charlie. Here goes. Biff tugged smoothly but firmly on the wire. There was a sharp click. The catch was sprung. Biff pushed the door open. But where did you dig up a piece of wire, Uncle Charlie asked. Maybe Crunch is right and you do have a touch of that old black magic. Biff chuckled. Not black, Unc. Blue magic. Biff held out the separate parts of a blue plastic ballpoint pen. I remembered I had this in my pocket. I removed the steel spring from it, straightened it the best I could, and used it. Well, I'll be, Charlie Keene said. Don't you remember, Uncle Charlie? You taught me that trick. Charlie Keene chuckled. I take it all back, Biff. There's nothing soft about that head of yours. Now let's get out of here, but fast. Why, Uncle Charlie, we can get out any time we want to. Why don't we both spend the night here? I'd like to gain Crunch's confidence completely. He could be a big help to us in Martinique. It's good to have a friend in the enemy's camp. Yes, Biff, I think you've really got something going. We couldn't get back to Martinique tonight anyway. Biff opened the door and went out. Where are you going, his uncle called softly. Back in a minute. Biff was back in less. Had to get this, he said with a grin. He held up the alarm clock. Heap big magic, Uncle Charlie. Biff left the door open. He and his uncle sat down on the cot. When Crunch comes back and sees the door open, Biff laughed, he'll really think I can out-magic a voodoo medicine man.
End of chapter 16